What's up, defenders? Welcome to episode 150 of the most LAFC podcast in the universe. Aired, and not kidding you, 83 countries now. Welcome Bulgaria and Kuwait. Welcome to Defenders of the Bank. Crack open your cans, unless you're driving, or at work, or in class. I'm at neither. Therapy is now in session. And we are here to commiserate with you on this losing tie. Coming to you from world-famous Philomonster Studios in Burbank, California, I am one half of this black and gold squad that's here to bring you this pod. The self-proclaimed beast from the east, I am Christian Philly Philemon. And with me to the right, the mouth of the South Bay and Christmas tree lane, J.R. Liebert. The Scarf, what is good, Defenders Nation? And, you know, Philly's here to commiserate, but I'm here to celebrate. We had a lot of wonderful things going on aside from that 1-1 result against Houston at the bank. But Philly, episode 150. That's a nice round number. We are 50 away from 200, which seems like a lot of episodes, by the way. But oh my goodness, the fact that we made it to 150, Philly. Congratulations, brother. Congratulations to you. I don't know how we've made it this far. It's amazing that we've kept at it with this pace. 150 feels good. Pretty soon it's going to be 200. Pretty soon it's going to be 350. And we're going to keep looking back and wondering to ourselves, how in the hell are we still doing this? Oh, my goodness. We've got some really exciting news, too, uh, in the way of maybe some sponsorships coming in the way just a little bit. Money, money, money. I mean, look, that'll be great. Must be funny. uh, We'll we'll see what's going on. We're waiting right there. But also, we want to make sure to mention... All of the dads out there, we are recording this episode, that's right, on Father's Day. Don't worry, we haven't shirked our fatherly duties with our particular dads, and we don't have any kids of our own, but Sunday, June 20th, 2021, happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there. Absolutely. Scarf, tailgates. I mean, I don't know if you want to go right into like news and notes or anything, but like I'm excited to talk about tailgates. Look, we went right into a 12-hour tailgate, so we might as well go right into news and notes. And yeah, you mentioned it, Philly. Look, maybe this is because we're getting a little older. Maybe this is because we haven't exercised those tailgate muscles in quite a while. But I am winded, tired, and sore from yesterday's all-day tailgate. I got there at about 9.30. You arrived just a few minutes later. And we were there all day and night. It was an incredible celebration, Philly. Christmas Tree Lane was full again. It's, it was amazing seeing familiar faces. It was amazing reconnecting with friends. It was amazing meeting some of the millions uh, and millions while I'm taking a drink of my smart water with green tea extract. I did that on purpose. It was nice meeting so many of you that we haven't <laughs> met uh, at all. It was so good seeing so many of you that we haven't seen in a while. We're hanging out with uh, with our buddy Fresco a good portion of the day. I will say he had the comment of the night when he said, I drink so much tequila. If I piss in the dirt, I grow agave. I had to write that one down because that was one of the funnier things now, I heard. Now, was he talking about you or himself with that? No, one? he was talking about himself. Oh, okay. Himself. I would, ha- I would, I would, pl- I would sprout bourbon trees. <laughs> is there, <laughs> or is whiskey there a, rocks. Bur- Wait, there's a bourbon tree? Oh my God, that's where I don't know. Philly gets it. Well, does anybody from Kentucky, can anybody answer that question? But oh, it was man. so cool being out there. It got pretty crowded as it got closer and closer to the 90 before the 90. Yeah, it was great seeing everybody out there. Again, our, our neighbors to the right, the Cuervos, we, we have missed them so much as part of our tailgate partnership. They were actually there just a few minutes before we were. They helped us set up. We helped them get anything that they needed. It's just, it's such a family out there. It was so good to see all of the tents set up. I mean, look, it doesn't feel like it's Christmas Tree Lane unless we see the tents of the Expos and the Tigers and D9U and the crew and LAO and just everybody that's there normally as our tailgate partners out there. The supporters of this club are unlike anything else, and the time that you get to spend on Christmas Tree Lane is unlike anything else. And it was really neat. You mentioned it, Philly. A lot of people who are regulars for the tailgates at Christmas Mystery Lane brought people who hadn't been before and were hoping that they had a wonderful time. Philly, look, we got to talk about a, a couple of things that are going on on Christmas Tree Lane. I couldn't help but notice at one point in the tailgate, Philly, you had on 
Very different attire. That would be a We Are Marshall t-shirt. <laughs> a little bit of a, a bet paid off there, Philly. Care to tell the millions? And millions. Why you were part of the uh, We Are Marshall club yesterday? <laughs> so there was a bet that I had placed with a good friend of the pod. His name is Rob. And the bet was as follows. His alma mater, Marshall University, versus my alma mater, Indiana University, that was the soccer teams, they were in the NCAA final. Now, Rob played at Marshall, which yes. is pretty cool. Division I college soccer. Shout out Huntington, West Virginia. You played fraternity. I played, yes. I majored in fraternity. That is absolutely correct. And boy, was I a valedictorian, <laughs> summa cum laude, Phi Beta Kappa, you name it. I, I, I excelled in that regard. But Indiana lost in the NCAA Finals. So what happened? I wore a We Are Marshall t-shirt. So shout out to Rob. Nothing but love. I lost yet another sports bet that I made. Yeah, and I couldn't wait for noon to come around because LAFC HQ opened up. We got to see Sharice <laughs> and Brad and so many of our, our good friends over there at HQ. We we personalized our jerseys. I finally got Scarf 83 on the back of my tan flex kit, which was great. You got an Atuesta one, I believe. Yeah. We may or may not have both walked out of there with the pink keeper kits as well. I hope it's in your trunks. I can't find mine anymore. But my favorite part, Philly, of being at HQ, this Isles playoff beard that you are sporting, my friend, looked really good underneath the what we are dubbing the Austin hat and the Hawaiian shirt, I'm kind of bummed you didn't buy it, buddy. If you ever have looked like Philly Mays anymore, I don't remember that time, but it was Philly Mays <laughs> inside LAFCHQ. Philly Mays Hayes here, They're about to bring to you a straw hat and a green Hawaiian shirt. Panda is actually the one who talked me off the ledge. And not because she thought it was going to be a useless investment, but more along the lines of her saying, you look 20 years older. And with all the gray in my chin, to be told I'm looking 20 years older than I do now, not something I took lightly. So I put away that card, and I kind and I and I happily walked out of the store. Oh man! Speaking of of awesome moments, other than watching her talk you down from buying that purchase, can we talk just for a second about the tifo before the match? One of the cooler feeling moments in, I mean, definitely in the last 18 months or so, but in Bank of California Stadium history, the Bob Marley Tifo football is freedom while we were celebrating Juneteenth yesterday. An absolutely incredible Tifo. It, it really was. It, was. it came out to get up, stand up. And uh, that was really cool. That led to the honorary Falconer, Ziggy Marley, oh, coming on the so pitch cool. with Ali. That was neat. We, we saw Ziggy at the LAFC Foundation event when uh, the gala that was at Bank of California Stadium, what seemed very, very many blue moons ago. Yep. It was really cool. Anytime I see Ziggy Marley, I think of that song, you know, On a Beach in Hawaii. So when he was coming out and everybody's like going roaring and cheering, I'm just thinking, man, it'd be really cool to be on a beach in Hawaii. But so much awesomeness on display. Look, we might have tied this game, but we're still undefeated when it comes to being in the stands. Shout out to the 3252. You continue to impress and, and amaze all of us. The, the TIFOs get better and better. The environment, it was... Man, it was a tearjerker. 467 days since we felt that energy, and there's a lot of pent-up energy in that one. Man, there were definitely some tears. Um, you know, MLS celebrating Juneteenth with the special Juneteenth uniforms and uniform numbers. I'm not going to lie, that Pablo Cisniega green kit was absolutely sick. I loved that green kit. Might be my new favorite keeper kit that we've seen. But, uh, you know, it's it, it was an emotional day in the stands. You know, there were tears on both of our parts. I Just in talking with a couple of people, all of a sudden it came out. It was just so nice to be around 22,000 of my best friends in the whole world, the black and gold faithful at the cathedral. 22,043. 22,043 was the number. That is the, the sold tickets. Uh, Kevin Baxter throwing a little jab in there saying, an almost Phil Bank of California Stadium. Thanks, people Kevin. People were out drinking. We love you, buddy. But, you know, one other little Not. tournament I want to talk about real quick, Philly, before we get onto this day in LAFC history, can we just talk for just a second about my Azuri 3-0 and in the Euros and the first team in Euro history to go 3-0 and in the group stage without conceding, Philly, 
we are on to the knockout round, my friend. How's Germany doing? Well, look for all kudos to kudos to your Azuri. Thank I mean, you. considering that you did miss the last World Cup. Uh, hey, I, hey I, we're I, talking about living the now. We're talking about the Euro. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? Well, I'll tell you what Germany's done for me lately. They beat Portugal yeah. four to two, but not because they scored all four of those goals. But who cares? It's all philosophy, right? It's the scoreline at the end of the day that matters. Shockingly, shockingly, Germany beat. Portugal and uh yeah it doesn't look like they're going to be stuck in the group stages and Yogi Liu might still keep his job for a little while longer I don't know who that is I'm assuming that's the Germany coach but all I know is Italy is on and I'm kind of nervous Philly I don't like the favorite role so let's get right into this day in LAFC history we know there'd be no open cup in 2021 which was news to a couple people on the LAFC fans Facebook page but you know Read the news. No Open Cup in 2021, but this day in LAFC history will take you back to Open Cup wins of the past. (laughs) So we are recording this, like we said, on Father's Day. It is the 20th. And on the 20th in 2018, Philly, the Sacramento Republic came into Bank of California Stadium and really gave us some trouble. It was a 3-2 win, but a hard-fought victory for LAFC Here's a name. Benny Failhaber scores Benny. in the 58th we minute. interviewed him. Alongside Diego Rossi, friend of the pod, Benny Failhaber. Alongside Diego Rossi's 67th minute goal. And it took an 89th minute stunner by the star man. Playing on the right, Latif Blessing with the 89th goal minute dynamite. goal. That's right. That was a really good Sacramento Republic squad. Four yellows in the game for Sacramento. So a 3-2 win on the 20th of 2018. And on the 20th in 2019, LAFC came back from down 1-0 to defeat the Smurfquakes 3-1 at Bank of California Stadium in the round of 16. It was Diego Rossi again, along with Adama Diamande, we miss you, buddy, and Carlos Vela. And in that match, eight saves for San Pablo. Remember, it was mainly Tyler Miller who had been the keeper that year, but an eight-save performance against San Jose might have been a precursor of things to come for Pablo Cisniega, a 3-1 victory in the Open Cup, and that, Philly, is this day in LAFC history. Let's take a quick second to cover just a couple of things that broke a little later in the week. First of all, Hyper Ice. Not Hype Rice. No, Hyper Ice. Not Hype Rice. Unlike the way that Philly typed it out probably the first time in our notes. Uncle Rich, if you are listening, the defenders of the bank are old and we could Speak use we could use a couple of those massage guns that Hyper Ice makes. LAFC cutting a new deal with Hyper Ice, so we're very excited about that. Hopefully, we can get ourselves a massage gun, Philly. Hmm. Something I I had so that I was I was a good soldier. Went out to Christmas Tree Lane, found the Rockstar trucks, had me part of a Rockstar. Man, those are sweet. I forgot how sweet those Rockstar drinks are, but they were really good. Philly, we got a drink with Rockstar. We got a drink, Philly. <laughs> we have a deal with Rockstar. <laughs> we should have. We've and we've had drinks with them as well. That's so true. yes, you'll be seeing them. I mean, we did see them over the course of Christmas Tree Lane's tenure, handing out the, the free drinks. That stuff scares me. I, I'm happy. The promotional video that they did with all the different like X Games cool. athletes that was really neat. But that stuff gives me heart palpitations like you wouldn't believe. But signing on to a big deal, a big uh, a big company like Rockstar, pretty darn cool stuff. Hey, you guys are wondering why the hell are the LAFC doing stuff like this? Money, money. We want players. We need designated players. <laughs> we need we need a whole thing, and we need money. So partnerships are good because they bring in what money. money. Could it be Rockstar Stadium? Could it be Rockstar Stadium? I mean, I feel like we'd get trolled a little bit for that name, but I, mean, uh, I still think it'd be pretty cool. But I mean, Rockstar imagine Stadium. if it was like Pornhub Stadium. Oh, by the I way, only, the, the T-shirt. That's why I bring that. <laughs> yeah, up. shout out to the Cuervos. I think they've got something cool planned for the next tailgate. Uh, I didn't know what that logo was. Someone had to tell me. I had no idea. Yeah, that, I, apparently Amanda said she found it in my search history I, on the phone. I, I, don't, I, don't I would never. I don't know. I. I <laughs> that was really good, guys. Great job, Cuervos. <laughs> and, and lastly, Philly, a quick Las Vegas Lights update. Unfortunately, they couldn't keep the momentum going off of that beatdown of Los Dos, that 4-3 victory. It was a 3-1 loss to Orange County Soccer Club, our former affiliates, in 2018. 
We did take a one nothing lead off a Roberto Molino goal. Molino goal, excuse me, but Vegas gave up three straight and lost 3-1. Christian Torres, Moose, Quezada, Mamadou Fall, and Mohamed Traore all played significant minutes in what was their first defeat at Cashman Field. Philly. Oh, the, speaking of the lights, though. The lights. You you met Steve Chirondolo at oh, Party Beerco. That's pretty cool. Dude. Expect an interview with him on Defenders of the Bank pretty soon. But Steve Chirondolo, he got himself indicted into... Ha! Spell check. Inducted into the <laughs> Soccer Hall of Fame. Way to go, coach. Way to go, Philly. Great accolade. Steve spent his entire career scarf in Deutschland with Hanover no, uh, 96. Hanover 96. Where, dude... Thank you, because I had no idea what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) He played in 370 matches, brother. And he captained that squad, the only club he ever played in his professional career. He set the team record for Bundesliga appearances in the second-to-last game of the 2012-2013 season. In addition to that stellar club career playing in Deutschland, he also wore the U.S. kit on 87 occasions from the year 1999 to 2012, finding the back of the net twice. Pretty darn cool stuff. John John Luigi Buffon signed with Parma. Oh my God. I got my Serie A team, everybody. I'll be a Parma fan until Gigi Buffon retires. And that is all. The human highlighters of Houston fighting Christian Ramirez's. You're telling me to wait. What did I do? Wait, wait, wait. Another big announcement that we didn't chat about. We got an all-star game at Bank of California Stadium on August the 25th. Featuring the MLS All-Stars and the Liga Amekis All-Star scarf. Time and ticket situation to be determined. We do know that Major League Soccer is going to run this event, not LAFC. And Fanatics is going to run the merch. We know that MLS is going to take care of their sponsors and their peeps. Not sure how and if we, the LAFC faithful and the millions. And millions. Whether or not we'll get a chance at first dibs. But, you know, I'm leaning more towards no than anything else. But we remain hopeful. However... Scarf and I are going to find our way into the building, whether we are paying customers or sneaking in his wait staff. We have to be in attendance for that game, buddy. I'll be a ball kid. I don't care what it takes. I want to help. I want to do what I need to do to be in the building for Liga MX versus MLS All-Stars. It's going to be incredible. Hopefully, we'll be able to see Zinyak again. That could be really cool. I'm just excited to be able to play the All-Star game at Bank of California Stadium August 25th. Let's try this again. The Human Highlighters of Houston. The fighting Christian Ramirez's. I, whatever we want to call them, Philly, they come back to the bank yet again, ready to take on LAFC in what was a long layoff because of the international break, yet we still have players on international duty, Major League Soccer. Get your schedule together. Oh, my God. Come on, guys. Why don't we be like every other league and, I don't know, care about our <laughs> players playing in you know international tournaments and things that really matter to them other than the team that pays their salary? I mean, it's, it's really frustrating being a fan of Major League Soccer and knowing that the schedule makers in Major League Soccer put on a blindfold, get a blow dart gun, and just shoot things at the wall <laughs> for when we take our breaks. Really frustrating. But Philly... We got Houston back in the building, and once again, Houston was kind of a problem. Houston kind of a problem indeed. The human highlighters with, as the announcer said, the orange jersey that pops. The spoiler is this team still cannot beat us. The problem is we ended up kind of beating ourselves in this. But, Scarf, why don't you give everybody the starting lineup for the human highlighter Fanta Orange Crushes? That's right. So, Houston with Marco Modric in goal. And, by the way, if you heard this lineup before, it's because we played them rather recently. Marco Modric in goal. Zarek Valentin, Tim Parker, Minor Figueroa, the international legend, and Sammy Junqua on the back line. Matias Vera, Derek Jones, and Memo Rodriguez, the homegrown product for Houston in the midfield. Fafa Pical, Maxi Arudi, who was a huge problem. And Tyler Pasher, who really didn't do a whole lot this game, played much better last round out the starting 11. Some players on the bench to note. Boniac Garcia, the longest tenured and most capped player in Houston history. Honduras. Two Darwins, Quintero and Senan out there, along with Christian Ramirez and Joe Corona. Those are the players we cared about from Houston, Philly. What about playing their first match of three matches in eight days 
Who is LAFC trotting out? Real quick, just want to make one quick note about Christian Ramirez. Yes. There are six players on the Fanta Orange Peels that have scored. Christian Ramirez is one of them. He's only played 84 minutes. Right. Everybody else has played over 200. I also don't think I mentioned the son of Roy Lasseter, the MLS goal-scoring legend, Ari Lasseter. I don't know how I missed that Costa in my Rica, notes. baby. But Ari Lasseter also on the bench. We would see and hear from him a little in this match, too, for Houston. LAFC's roster. Yep. Okay. So we did return Mark Anthony Kay and Kim Moon Huan from international duty. So they were, they were available. So there's that. Uh, Chiqui Palacios is with Ecuador and they did play today against Venezuela. I, I believe it was two to one, maybe the final score. That's at least the last uh, note that I was seeing as per that game, but we're not going to see him for a little while. And, and same with Brian Rodriguez, despite Almeria not making it past the, uh, well, the promotion stage or staying in the second division. Raito, is uh well is he going to come back? Maybe. Well we'll st- we'll see, but not till mid July because of Copa America. He's with Uruguay and Scarf. You pointed your finger at me. What? What? Two, you, what? Two, and two. not the wrong finger. No, either. no, no, not that one. Two two is where we ended, Philly. Two two with that game. Oh, two two. So that's the story with those boys. In case you were wondering. So in goal, Pablo Cisniega. We had Tristan Blackman, Eddie Segura. Jesus, David Murillo, Marco Farfan, perfect opportunity to him capitalize on Chiqui Palacio's departure. He was uh, in the back line. In our midfield, Jose Cifuentes, Edward Atuesta, Mark Anthony Kay, and then up top we had Diego Rossi, Corey Baird, Carlos Vela. Our bench consisted of Thomas Romero, Jordan Harvey, who has he even played a minute this season? He has not. Yeah, I don't believe he has. He has not. Latif Blessing, who we did not see at all today. Talk about managing minutes. The Energizer Bunny was nowhere to be seen on the pitch today. At Pancho Janela, Bryce Duke, Cal Jennings, welcome back from Vegas, boys. Kim Moon Juan and Raheem Edwards. Yeah, that rounds out the lineup for LAFC. And again, playing their first of three matches in eight days. We have this match with Houston. And then on Wednesday, FC Dallas and next Saturday at Sporting Kansas City, the FC Dallas match at the bank. So three matches, eight days. A lot of players going to see some run that might not normally see some run in this mix, but you mentioned it, Philly. No Latif Blessing in this entire match, so perhaps saving him to go a full 180 over the next two matches, we hope, or maybe sprinkle him in there at least over these next two. It took four minutes to get a shot off in the match, and it was Diego Rossi off of a nice pass from Corey Baird. And it's not looking great for my prediction for 15 goals, 15 assists for Corey Masovsky, Danny Baird. But we'll <laughs> see how that goes in the ninth minute LAFC, earning the first corner of the match. And a great first chance for LAFC, Philly. Look, I, I had my doubts about Marco Farfan coming into this game. I, I'm still on the fence about Marco Farfan, but he started to shut me up real quick in the 11th minute a little give and go, a great little one-time pass from Marco Farfan to Diego Rossi, who bangs it off the outside of the post. A great first chance. And you thought, Philly, here we are, playing on the front foot. We've had the rest that we need. We've got the players that we need. Everybody is healthy. The 32-52 was absolutely roaring in that stadium. It was beautiful to see this type of play from LAFC in front of all of our fans, just hitting one off the post. But unfortunately, no goal yet. So close, though, for Diego Rossi. Very close. And he came out aggressively a couple of shots within the first 11 minutes of the game. The last year's Golden Boot leader, the rumors going to Tottenham and Everton. Ah. Wouldn't that be a crazy thing? Scarf, you don't really have a Premier League team. If, if, for example, Rossi goes to Everton, would you buy an Everton kid? First of all, AFC Richmond is absolutely my Premier League team, uh, sir. Oh, so, and speaking of which, the assistant coach. I heard he was there. He was in the stands the other day. He Pretty was darn at cool. the bank. You know oh, who else was God. in the bank that we got to hang out with? Uh, we, we, Sean McVay. Sean McVay. That was kind of For the Ramily out there. Got to see the, the son of Chucky, I believe, is, is what they're calling him now. Sean He's McVay. a lot bigger than I thought, by the way. I mean... Okay. Then again, when you compare him to Aaron Donald, yes, no doubt. Aaron, I, I always thought he'd be like, you know, five six dude, not so big. Uh, he was definitely bigger than me or you. Yeah, no, I mean, Sean McVay was a good-sized guy. But Philly, if he goes to Everton, all right, I'll, I'll start watching Everton a little bit more. If he goes to Tottenham, 
I mean, what's Rich going to do? I mean, you know he's going to be the first person to buy that kid. I mean, Rich is probably the one orchestrating the deal behind the scenes. John Thorrington, Will Koontz, keep an eye on Uncle Rich and make sure he's (laughs) not making some phone calls for you guys out there because that would be a huge get for Tottenham. But, no, you know, I would watch the two teams. Don't know if I would pick up a jersey, but we'll see. I I have a problem buying LAFC jerseys as it is, Philly. Tim Parker had a problem. You bought two yesterday. What do you mean? I only bought one. Oh, you customized the other one. Customized the other one. Yes, that one I had already had. Tim Parker had a little problem with yellow cards in the 17th minute, Philly. Yeah, he did. Tim Parker. My, how the stock has fallen on Tim Parker. He was a U.S. men's national team mainstay, really looking good, and then... The wheels kind of fell off after he left New York Red Bulls. But Tim Parker with a yellow there in the 17th. And I love, Philly, you and I have talked about it. I absolutely love when Edward Atuesta keeps people honest. Yeah, 23rd minute. Carlos Vela finds Edward Atuesta who takes a shot outside of the box. But he misses to the right. Now, a lot of people say that LAFC doesn't have a leader and that uh, Carlos Vela leads by example. And, and these are things that, for the most part, are true. But the guy that is always barking on the field, and how are we going to hear it when there's 22,000? We know this because, well, we know this. Edward Atuesta, definitely a commanding force for our team. Whether you believe me or not, it is true. He is the one who yells at his teammates, but he does keep people honest. And if you remember, if we can hark back to the good old days of 2019, his free kick against Houston in that Supporter Shield clinching match, a thing of beauty, by the way, an accidental find on my iPhone video that put a smile on my face. And I got his jersey customized just the other day. You did that just yesterday. I don't know where that accent came from, Foghorn, but <laughs> I, either I, way. I, I'll say. Uh, uh, look, no one's going to doubt Edward Atuesta's leadership abilities. I mean, he has been the unsung hero, the sung hero, the glue, the whatever you're going to call him. Hopefully, we'll call him an all star come August 25th against Liga Emekis because he has certainly been, in my opinion, one of the best midfielders in the entire league. And again, I absolutely love how honest he keeps the team in front of him because they have to account for where he is at all times because he doesn't just take the shot. He has an incredibly accurate shot from the outside in the 30th minute. The second yellow of the match already for Houston. This one to Matias Vera. And it was Mark Anthony K with a little razzle-dazzle earning that yellow card. Mark Anthony K put together a couple of good minutes in the 34th. He uh, there are a lot one. of people that might disagree with you on that I mean, that look, one. he got the chance, though, right? He missed pretty badly. Vela set him up for that one. And, and I do want to note, Philly, you mentioned it when you were talking about the last highlight. All of our great chances in this half, or at least almost all of them, came off of the foot of Carlos Vela. Indeed. Vela was the one that made the pass to the player who couldn't finish the job. You know, this is what we were talking to a lot of people about, about Brian Rodriguez, where Brian Rodriguez would have six, seven, eight assists, but people would just want him to score goals. Yes, Carlos Vela not scoring goals right now in the way that we need him to, and we need him to. Not making any excuses for why the player who set the record for most goals in a season with 34, including a hat trick on Timmy Howard to end the year, not making excuses for him not scoring, but please don't get it twisted. He is doing plenty of other things in what would be just over an hour of time today to put LAFC in plenty of good positions to have put more than one in the back of the net before the half. And you know, the funny thing is, I'm sure there are people listening uh, that are going to be listening to this that are probably going to disagree with you on that as well, but I don't. We're trying, yeah, maybe we are the glass half full podcast. Maybe we do get blamed for that, but we're pointing out things that, that are happening. We're watching highlights day in and day out. We we're taking notes. We have media notes. Like Carlos Vela is doing things, and you, you can argue, well, why is Carlos Vela still trying to like work his way back in a full ninety-minute form? And the point is, look, when you're at training and you're giving it your all in training, it's a completely different story than being match fit. Ninety minutes is a long time. Okay, for those of you who run, black shout out to Neil Black and Gold Running Club, another beloved brother. We hung out with you as well the other day. These guys roughly run around. 10 kilometers per game. That is 6.2 miles, okay? Yes, these are professional athletes. Yes, they're getting paid to do that. But we're still working Carlos Vela back into the lineup. We're going to talk about the substitution in, in, when we talk about the second half. But, you know, we're not trying not to rush things. You know, like, 
as the people from uh, from down the one ten since ninety six, they let us. They constantly remind us they've been around. The point is in MLS. As rough as it is, all we need is what a good month at the end of the season yep. to give it a good run and win. And I'm talking to you, Seattle. Seattle's done that a couple of times. They've waited to get hot this year, though, my friend. They're, <laughs> they have not. They're waited. freaking killing it. Thank you for beating the Carson Galaxy the other day. By the way, <laughs> two to one. Raúl Ruiz Diaz is the Galaxy's poppy this season, and I do stand by those words. And, I digress. And he's, and he's on both of our fantasy soccer teams, <laughs> which which I have not updated my my, my roster. In a- <laughs> Since like week two. Don't worry, you're in like 65th place out of like out of how many? At like 82. Uh, So I'm I'm only a little bit ahead of you though, and I've actually been updating my team. So what does that tell me? I have no idea what's going on with that. Look, Carlos Vela wound up finishing this game by the way, completing over 90 percent of his passes and registering an assist. So he's doing a lot of those little things right. But I do have not bad for uh, a guy who supposedly doesn't care. Yeah, but I do have one other quick thought, and I know we haven't gotten to the end of the game yet, but I'll just share it now. So I'm going to share it at the end of the game. He also had zero shots in the game. I'm Ugh, sorry. We had but Carlos, plenty for him, though. You have to channel your inner Philly and Scarf at a tailgate and take shots. We take, just need you to take shots, my friend. I know you didn't have a lot instinct. of great position. He, he, didn't, he didn't have a ton of great positioning in the match. And look, here's the other thing, Philly. Please, let's not get it twisted. The entire league after 2019 has decided, okay, we don't care what LAFC does. We have to shut down their number 10, Carlos Vela. So he is constantly getting the team's entire best effort to shut him down. One guy, two guys, three guys, four guys sometimes we've seen around Carlos Vela. So into halftime Philly after a near goal off of a Tristan Blackman header. Yep. And that brings us to the half. Lots of chances. A bunch, again, created by Carlos Vela. He's not 100%, but he's doing a bunch no, of good things. No, there's, there, there's, there, but there's something also missing. I there mean, is. There I, is. I, I, well, well, we're, gonna t- we're talking about the second half, so let's put it this way. Let's, we, I don't want to talk about stats because I, I didn't take those notes. We start into the <laughs> second half. Bryce Duke comes in for Mark Anthony K. Very notable substitution. Bryce Duke... Cal Jennings, Christian Torres, Alvaro Quesada. Some of these boys have been doing really, really good things for the Las Vegas Lights. A week ago, I was in Las Vegas. I got to go catch a game against San Antonio FC. And I got to tell you, if I didn't know who these players were, I could have easily said, hey, that little blonde-haired kid wearing the number 19 jersey passes the ball extremely well. And I'm talking about Bryce Duke. Yep. Okay, they put him down to Las Vegas so he could get some minutes. And I got to tell you, it, it's paying off. It is paying off. Same for Cal Jennings. Uh, it's interesting that Danny Musovsky wasn't in the lineup. Danny Musovsky was scoring goals last season during 2020. But this Las Vegas Lights experiment, in my opinion, is kind of working for everybody but Opoku. Sorry, that that kind of sucked. Yeah, it was really working for Opoku until, by the way, it wasn't. 50th minute, though, Philly. Maybe I mean, he could have gotten injured playing for LAFC. You know, he, he you, you never know. definitely could have. In honor of episode 150, maybe LAFC saved all the fun for minute 50. 50. Of this match, and it was pretty much the Jose Cifuentes show. Cifu had his shot saved, uh, and look, it was a great pass from Atuesta that found Cifu in plenty of space, and Marco Maric, instead of trying to keep it in the field of play, just pushes it over the bar smartly. Great save, it, though. It, it was right at him, but he was able to push it over the bar, which led to a corner, and oh, look who makes the pass off the corner kick. It's Carlos Vela. The pass, first of all, Corey Baird maybe should have gotten a touch on it. There were about three or four defenders that should have got a touch on it. But in the might be the easiest goal of Jose Cifuentes' career as this ball comes all the way to the back post to where Sifu was waiting, chested it down, took the shot, and, I mean, he was, what, a yard and a half, two yards outside of goal. Easy goal there for Sifu, his second of the season. Not bad. And just like that, LAFC... Up one nothing, and you got the feeling, Philly. We were pressing. We were on the front foot the entire first half. We come out, figure out a way to score in the second half. I just got the feeling this is going to be one of those games, Philly. We get to one nothing, then we get to two nothing, then we get to three nothing, then they sub in Christian Ramirez, and we get to have a reunion party. <laughs> but that didn't happen. And speaking of subs, five minutes later, Houston subs out their homegrown talent, Memo Rodriguez, for a familiar face and a familiar foe in Joe Corona. Three minutes after that, Diego Rossi has a shot blocked from outside the box. Diego Rossi still being aggressive, still kind of needing Diego to finish, though. Uh, well, more on that later. But in the 58th minute, Uruti picks Bryce Duke's 
pocket, okay? Picks Bryce Duke's pocket, and he passes a nice ball to Fafa Picot, who did this magic trick by completely splitting Murillo and Farfan, and finding the ball back to the feet of Aruti, who had Edward Atuesta in front of him. Nobody is collapsing. People are standing around and looking, and just like that, Aruti kicks it to the bottom left-hand corner, past the hands of Pablo Cisniega, and we have a one-to-one ball game, and in the Founders Club right behind us, like three Houston Dynamo fans going nuts. One of them wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin jersey, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, did I want to give him a stunner and introduce (laughs) him to Philly 316? (laughs) Yeah, you know, what was really frustrating on that Philly was that was basically Houston's first good shot and goal-scoring chance of the entire match. They really didn't do a whole lot in the first half. They didn't really do a whole lot in the game, I mean, one good chance. And let's talk about that good chance. You mentioned it. Fafa Picol splitting two LAFC defenders, Farfan and Murillo. Gross. I mean, it was a beautiful move, but then the ball goes to a Rudy who finds a small seam in between Edward Atuesta and Eddie Segura with a closing break, Bryce Duke behind him. These are two plays that made consecutively put together the the odds of scoring a goal on that play. That play, I believe, had less than a .2 goals expected on that play, meaning if you run that play five times, you're only going to score from it once. And it was just so frustrating because I thought we had the play defended well. It was a great move by Picall. <laughs> Solid defending, good positioning from Eddie Segura and Edward Atuesta. And it's 1-1. I mean, I don't I know feel- about good positioning. I mean, they didn't collapse on a Rudy. I mean, yeah, Fafa did something incredible. I think Segura got a touch on the ball even, which might have helped the deflection a little bit. Well, e- well either way, at this point, we're, we're looking at a, at, a tie, at a tie game. Now, Rudy is their leading scorer coming to Houston from the Montreal Impact, or as they're called right now, uh, the club de, club de foot. We'll call them the foot clan just because we're jerks on defenders of the bank. The, the, the leading scorer on the team. Should have, they should have collapsed a little better on him. They should have marked him a little better. But hey, you know, he... He, he earned that play because when he made it happen by picking Bryce Duke's pocket on the opposite side of the field, taking it all the way, great pass, Fafa doing his thing, Fafa back to Rudy, boom, one-to-one, and this isn't the same Houston Dynamo team. Last season and the seasons prior to that, they did win an Open Cup, but prior to that, look, they, they weren't a very good team. Tab Ramos... This year, I feel like he's kind of put things together, and they're what? They've got three wins on the season, I believe. They're 3-3-2, three, three and two, or is it 3-2-3? Three, and three? Something along those lines, but this isn't a bad Houston Dynamo team. This We've just team, become a bad LAFC team. This team was not good. This Houston okay. Dynamo team we saw was not good. Okay, but they're not awful. I, they're, in, they're sitting well above I, us. I mean, look, they're above us. But we're also awful this year. My, my issue with it is that we're giving up goals while only allowing two or three or four chances a match, but we're finding a way to give up goals in those situations. I mean, just look two minutes later. You mentioned this goal came off of a Bryce Duke turnover where Rudy just blitzed him, just absolutely blitzed him. You're talking about a decade-long MLS veteran blitzing a kid who's had a cup of coffee in Major League Soccer and has been used to playing at USL speed for the last couple times he got in. Well, after they bring on Darwin Quintero for Tyler Pasher in the 59th, it's a Rudy almost again oh, yes, at the absolutely. hour mark. And this was off of a giveaway. Eddie Segura, yeah, who, look, yeah. we love Eddie Segura, passed the ball pretty much right to Houston. Yeah. And they found a Rudy again, the save of the match, because it was the only save that Pablo Cisniega made. But it was a great save by San Pablo. Houston really playing on the front foot after that goal. They're trying to steal one, and they they really did dominate the next five minutes or so of possession after they they scored that goal. Eddie Segura with a giveaway, and it really could have been 2-1. Luckily, San Pablo was there. And again, we talked about this earlier in the pod. Now, 63rd minute Philly, another one of those nice long shots from Edward Atuesta where he has to keep the defense honest. Yep, but Marco Maric, the Slovakian international, making another great save. Minute later, we've got some subs. We got Raheem Edwards. We got Cal Jennings in for 
Baird and Vela? Yeah. Interesting that our leading scorer, Corey Baird, <laughs> and our leader, <laughs> Carlos Vela, getting <laughs> subbed out. Are we playing for a tie? No. <laughs> it's actually a means of managing players' minutes. I mean, that's, I mean, as I'm saying this and thinking this, it still sounds like a defeatist I, attitude. I hear you, but, but, but three, three games in eight days. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And look, with Vela, I get. With Baird... Baird had some nice passing initially in the game. I, I would say, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say he was completely gone afterwards, but it kind of does come as a shock, and it doesn't add that firepower and that flair that the subbing of a Dio or a Blessing would do. Fine, you shape up the front line in that regard, but Latif Blessing, the Energizer Bunny, the Magic Man, the star man playing on the right and on the left and up top and in the back. And if you gave him some gloves in between the pipes, no Latif blessing. Managing minutes, I get it. But I was a little stunned that these were the subs that came in. Uh, all right. So I got two thoughts. Number one, I want to try and crystallize that feeling that you have right now. That's like, ah, it just doesn't seem right. I'll tell you why you're 100% correct. Oh, wow. All right. That's, 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 I, I Fenders, did you hear that? He, he, he said I was right. <laughs> it's the first time in 467 days we've had Bank of California Stadium at capacity. Yeah! If you are going to push for a win, if you are going to lay it all out on the table, even though you have three games in eight days, this is the one to push for. Yep. This is the one to give the black and gold faithful the 22,000 and how many was it? 22,043. Thank you. If you're going to do it at any point, it's this match. It's the celebration of what everybody has gone through and moreover those that could not be there with us. This is why you don't sub out Carlos Vela yet unless he tells you, hey, look, I'm not feeling right, whatever. He didn't look like he wanted to come out, though, Scarf. The he, well, by the way, the two times he's been really injured, he didn't look like he wanted to come out either. I He is now, it, when he wants to come out, he is nothing but a telenovela actor to me. I can't trust his facial features or what he says he did before. <laughs> That's it. I'm sorry. I love Carlos, but you've cried wolf too many times. You were actually injured the last couple. But that's why you're so upset, Philly. That's why this game was so frustrating, because here we are after 467 days back in the Cathedral of the Black and Gold with 22,043 of our brothers and sisters in arms and those that couldn't be there. And it does kind of look like we are playing the long play instead of the short play. I can't. I, I can't fault them or be that upset for doing it, except, yes, I absolutely can because I just did. My second uh, thought, Philly, is this. Okay. The other thing that I'm happy about, though, the silver lining, is that we didn't do something like put Latif Blessing up top or move uh, move uh, Jose Cifuentes up top or have somebody play striker that's not a striker. At least Cal Jennings and Raheem Edwards play the positions we put them in. I got so tired of us kind of experimenting, doing different things, putting people in, in different spots where they weren't actually playing in the position that they're most comfortable with. I'm all for changing up formations. I'm all for changing up people where they're comfortable playing, but we had been doing a little too much of the opposite of that recently. So at least Jennings knows how to score goals. And we've seen some good things from Raheem Edwards. Another yellow right after those 71st minute Fafa Pikal, the assister on the goal. Is that the assister? Yeah, sure. Why not? The assister on the goal <laughs> picks up a yellow for Houston. That's three yellows. If you're keeping track at home, Tristan Blackman getting a shot blocked in the 73rd. But again, I like the effort there from Tristan and maybe he took it because he knew he was coming out just a couple of minutes later. We've got Kim Moon-Hwan coming into the game for the first time in front of a full Bank of California stadium crowd in the 78th minute, so he'll finish out the last 12 in stoppage. Yeah, and he got he got his burn uh, against Turkmenistan and Lebanon. He did play. He did start. He, he did take care of business, and which is a good thing. I will say he had one of the plays of the game that you will not see on the highlight. He broke some ankles. He had some ankle-breaking maneuvers that would make you want to call Yo mama on Father's Day in the 84th <laughs> minute. Kim Moon won with some really, really good footwork. And 
I'm starting to see him develop. I'm starting to see these flashes of brilliance. I'm starting to feel more and more comfortable, dare I say, having him start over Tristan Blackman. I do like that. So that is the case there. Two minutes later, 86 minute, a near, near goal by LAFC. And that's sort of been the case all game. Bryce Duke with a great pass to Diego Rossi, but that shot attempt gets blocked. Two minutes later, it's Raheem Edwards with a shot that nearly closes out the night. It goes wide right. And yes, he missed it. Yes, it went wide right. But you got to at least credit the man for having the guts to take it from as far out as he did. We don't take too many shots from the distance that he did. It was unfortunate that that was the case. Uh, Cal Jennings had an opportunity as well. Look, yeah, maybe these guys are USL talents. But at least they're trying. They're trying. We had Marco Urena, who would frustratingly not take <laughs> shots in the box season one. We had other players season two who would do that. Season three was crazy. And this year, I mean, this year is a season unlike any other thus far. We can't score goals, Scarf. Look, my note on that play by Raheem Edwards seems like a backhanded compliment because it kind of is... All I said was that maybe a player of a little higher caliber puts that one away, as I thought there was definitely enough of the netting exposed so that we might have gotten one. But it's a good effort for Raheem Edwards. A valiant attempt. Houston making a sub, and I I think this is what Almeria wanted out of Brian Rodriguez, what Houston gets out of Ari Lasseter. Ari Lasseter is a player, by the way, that when he gets subbed into the match, that means Houston is trying to steal one late. He's trying to close one out, trying to get a goal, and he almost did, by the way. We've got two Darwins on the pitch as Darwin Saren comes in for Derek Jones, and the goal scorer comes off from the goal sco- for the goal-scoring legend's son. It's Maxi Arudi coming off for Ari Lasseter. Five- Both the players on international duty, by the way. Yeah. Lasseter with Costa Rica yep. and... Who did you mention? Darwin Saren. Oh, with El Salvador. Absolutely. And by the way, uh, is it El Salvador that's playing Guatemala at Bank of California Stadium? That is correct. That's going to be fun. I think you and I are going to have to check that one out. It's really great to see international soccer, no matter who's playing. Mexico, Nigeria, that's going to be fun. buddy Eddie, shout out Fresco, Black Panther. We talked about Fresco. We also met somebody else in a Nigeria jersey on Christmas Tree Lane. We did. That's why I love Christmas Tree Lane, man. We saw people in Nigeria jerseys. We saw Philly in a We Are Marshall shirt. I mean, there was all kinds of stuff that you don't see. Very cats and dogs living together. Mass Mass hysteria. hysteria. (laughs) (laughs) Five minutes of stoppage time, and it is Ari Lasseter doing exactly what he was brought in to do, missing a good chance from the right side of the box to almost steal three points from Houston, but Diego Rossi almost stealing one back. Oh, my God. Yeah. We were losing our minds there two minutes into stoppage. Rossi almost stole us three points, and he definitely had enough of the netting exposed on that one to be able to put it in, but it's just over the crossbar. Philly, why do I think that in 2018 and 2019, that would be one of those moments, right, where it's a Laurent Simon free kick, or or it's just one of those plays where uh, it's a Adama Diamande with a late stoppage goal it, to steal one. It's one of those moments where you you go home and you you frame the I don't know the ticket or the scarf or the whatever, and you you just write a little note next to it and you say I'll never forget where I was when the bank was back at full strength. Diego Rossi two minutes into stoppage time, as the cool kids say, at the death was able to steal one on a beautiful curler that tucked right in under the crossbar in the corner. But alas, poor Yurik, that was not meant to be. And that's the final, Philly. One, one, and... A losing tie. You know, I... A losing tie. I don't know. I don't know. My thought initially was, God, this seems like another one. Because, look, you're right. We we had the lead. We couldn't hold it. We gave it up, right? And we gave it up, what, eight minutes after we we took it. So it's really frustrating. But there was just something about the night, man. There was just something about the tailgating, seeing everybody there. That's that glass half full. Half full. Let's try this again. And now That's that a moment with Philly. <laughs> I am not editing that out. That That's, was fun. Uh, you got to keep that was fun. That was like watching a football player just fumble like four times before he's finally able to pick up the ball and keep running home. With well, it. you that called me Foghorn Leghorn earlier. I needed to give you my porky pig impression. <laughs> that was that was pretty <laughs> solid, <laughs> my friend. But you know, I just thought that that 
being back at the bank, seeing everybody there together, the TIFO, that sign that they have up in the north end of Mauricio Facio, our buddy Mo, just so many reasons to celebrate, so many reasons to have a heavy heart, so many reasons to feel all kinds of emotions. And we went through the gamut of them. So yeah, it's a frustrating tie. I will say in my talks with Vince LaRosa, especially when he and I were talking at Party Beer not too long ago, Vince mentions expected goals and expected goals against and all of that. And I've got a stat for you, Philly. Now that the game was tied 1-1. This might surprise you, Philly, but one team outdid their expected goals by quite a bit. And one team underperformed their expected goals by quite a bit. Houston's expected goals in the match. 0.13. Oh. 0.2. Okay. 0.2. So meaning, by the way. That was close. Yeah. No, you were pretty good. They they should have had one-fifth of a goal in the match based on their effort. LAFC's expected goals, Philly. Two and change. 2.4. Absolutely right. 2.4. Look, some of it is just being unlucky. Rossi hitting the post, curling one high over the bar, curling one just around the outside, having a, a toe miss on a ball here or there. Some of it's just unlucky, but you can't be upset at LAFC for creating chances in this match. Philly, shots, correct me if I'm wrong, 15-3. to You can't be upset at that, but yeah, yeah, fine. 15 with five on target, three with two on target. But (sighs) with 65 and 35% possession, LAFC dominates that. Look, man, like... It's. I feel like we say the same thing day in and day out. They create opportunities. There's no doubt about that. There is no doubt about that. They still play a fairly exciting brand of football. But damn it, man! It's 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 the it's the score. It's it's the bottom line. It's and I got my thoughts on that. But it, it, but it is frustrating. Take. Christmas tree lane out of the equation. If we're simply focusing on the game, it was a losing tie based on the efforts of the team. This team cannot score, which is something we are not accustomed to. And we're also not accustomed to chilling in the cellar. And look, we're not last place. Last place belongs to FC Ribeye Steak, uh, which is a team that we're going to face on Wednesday. We're staring at eight teams ahead of us, though, Scarf. We have nine points in these matches. Nine points in nine games. Seattle has 21. Newsflash. We have a negative goal differential. We're averaging 1.12 goals per game. Last season... Most of us would say that we didn't play very well, but the goal scoring was double what it is now. LAFC has a goal scoring problem. They create so many chances, take so many shots, but they can't find the back of the net. That's what matters. You can create as many chances, but you got to score. It's like you're with your significant other and you're both enjoying the pleasure of each other's company and you get so worked up, but nobody finishes. That's the way this team plays. They leave us with blue... Well, you don't need me to say it. At this point, we have to consider other options, bro. We need somebody who is going to finish. We need a striker. We need some proven talent. We need veteran leadership. Carlos may lead this team by example, but we need a vocal leader out there who's going to kick and scream and cuss and punch the ball into the back of the polyurethane net. I love the idea of young, unproven talent. Cultivating it, making it better, and yes, selling it. But we haven't really done that. Maybe we would have had COVID not hit, but the young, unproven talent needs a ringleader. Bob does a great job developing players. Look, we've seen it with Rossi. We saw it with Atuesta. At some point, we saw it with Kay. He can do that. And Steve Chirondolo, let me say this. He's clearly making his mark on Bryce Duke, Cal Jennings, Alvaro Quesada, and Christian Torres has a bunch of goals with the lights as well. But we're talking about young MLS players that are developing well within a USL system. It's great. We need a killer, though, and not U.S. caliber, USL caliber players, bro. I know the team is forward-looking. I know there's a strategy in play. I know a lot of people think the front office doesn't care or isn't doing a damn thing. By the way, shout-out to our buddies at Shoulder to Shoulder. They did an interview with John Thornton. Give that a listen. That's the front office man that you want fired. Go ahead and listen to what he has to say, and then maybe you will understand but then again, from what Scarf's telling me, a lot of you didn't even have the slightest clue that the U.S. Open Cup is happening. So for them, 
pay attention. I know there's a possibility we're going to sell Rossi. There's a possibility that Rayito comes back. Maybe we loan him out. I don't know. We have no one, though, that's going to pick up the slack should those guys go in a season that's already not going our way. As far as DPs are concerned, the next one or two that we need to sign, it's got to be some proven talent and needs to make an immediate impact. We are not going to make the playoffs if this run of form continues. There's just no way. And for, the, for this season, the expectation needs to change. And it sucks. It's, we can't think that we're going to win the MLS Cup. Sadly, I think we just have to hope that we make the playoffs and give it our best shot. It sucks. Oh, can I, uh, my turn? Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, cool. Sorry, sorry. So, I, I I got off my, my, my soapbox. That's okay. A couple things. One, if you punch the ball into the back of the net, that's using hands, and they won't score goals for us if we do that. But I liked all the other things that you said Tee-key. about all of that. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, second thing, I you can I for all of you that have little children out there, you might want to have them ear muffed over that last part where he was talking about I don't know relations and blue things. I don't know what happened. Discovery but, Channel stuff, folks. There you go. It, here, here are my thoughts. Number one. Am I am I the only one? Am I crazy that, that thinks that maybe the answer for this team really could be Brian Rodriguez? Maybe the answer could be a guy that can allow Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi to play a little more off the ball. Maybe the answer could be. Wow, you're hold on. While we're recording this, your wife just walked in and handed you a brand new Kona seltzer. Cheers. Maybe she heard you Love talking you, and figured you'd have a dry throat after that uh, that rant with Philly that went on for, I think we're now at episode 154, guys. So thank you guys for sticking <laughs> oh, with us man. here for the last uh, five episodes. No, look, it, you guys, if you can't hear and taste in Philly's case right now, the passion that he has right next to me here, he's absolutely right. Look, it's frustrating to be the team we are. But it's only frustrating to be the team we are because of what happened our first three seasons. Again, I've said it over Spoiled. and over again. I've never met a team that has really only won one trophy. We've really <laughs> only got one supporter shield to show for our incredible first three years. But somehow we have raised the expectations every year. I'll say it one more time in case you forgot how we got here. Season one, we broke the record for most points by an expansion team. It was kind of a shock defeat to RSL in the playoffs. Season two, we break all kinds of records. And again, kind of a shock defeat to Seattle in the playoffs. Season three, look, the regular season wasn't great, but we make all the noise on an international level, going all the way to the finals against Tigres and bowing out after a one nothing lead and losing 2-1. Gee, was that history starting to repeat itself? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But we're the only team that I've ever seen that has been able, without winning a championship, to still raise expectations over three years. So here we are, the fourth year, and with these expectations, it's pretty much championship or bust, MLS Cup or nothing. And I'm not upset about having those expectations because when you live in a city where the baseball team in the city has won, what, seven or eight straight division titles and just won the last World Series when the team that plays basketball in this city, and I'm sorry, Clippers, you're not it, when a team that plays basketball in this city has 17, I believe, championships, more than any other team in the history of its sport, and over the last 20 years has been able to take home, what, six, seven championships? Of course, this is Los Angeles. This is Title Town. I don't care that Detroit calls itself Title Town USA. Inglewood calls itself the City of Champions because that's where the Lakers played. LA is Title Town USA. We have the best athletes in the world, the best players in the world, the best teams in the world, in everywhere except for soccer. So here we are in Major League Soccer trying to simply have the best team in our league. And for the first three seasons, I don't think any other team, maybe outside of Seattle, brought their team's supporters more hope than LAFC had in 2018, 19, and yes, even in the COVID plague 2020. And this game today, the the game we just recapped against Houston, that game brought us all hope. That game brought us all optimism. That game brought us all back the reason why we cheer our throats as dry as we do week to week with this club. But unfortunately, the results haven't been there. It's frustrating. Who knows what's going to happen at the international transfer window? Diego Rossi, we've heard Edward Atuesta, maybe Latif Blessing, maybe a couple of other players. We don't know. 
Ooh, that might know. be that might be a reason why he didn't feature. I don't know if we'd have to manage Latif's minutes, but there's the yeah. thought. I I just I think he's going to play a lot over these next two. Maybe we thought it was a better matchup against Dallas or Sporting. John and Will and those guys in the front office have a lot to say about looking ahead and, and really trying to find the right matchups. I, look, Philly, I know you have this somewhere in your notes because I read them. We got to push all our damn cards in front of the table against FC Dallas. This is a team that's dead last in the West and not very good, and yet, oh my God, they're just two points behind us. <laughs> I think it's going to be time that we stop saying that other teams aren't very good when we're hanging out in the same phone booth at the bottom of the standings as they are. So FC Dallas coming in to Bank of California Stadium on Wednesday, a game in which, by the way, on the 110 football show, you will see both Philly and the Scarf doing pre- and post-game with Vince LaRosa. So we get to hang out with our buddy Vince. Really excited to do that. 110 football. Make sure you check out the pre- and post for that because we'll be there. It's one of those things, Philly, where, I look, we need three points from that FC Dallas game. We need three points, without a doubt. Wednesday, last place, FC Ribeye Steak. You're asking me why I call them Ribeye Steak. Look at their logo. It's a bull. I couldn't call them Filet Mignon because Filet Mignon's a more expensive piece of steak. I think the ribeye is the slightly, it's it's the cheaper steak. Right, Scarf? You like red meat. I, I do. I miss red meat. I've stopped eating it pretty much since the first of the year. But So I FC like, Ribeye Steak. I like FC Ribeye Steak. Fair enough. Okay, look, if we can't win that one, football gods help us. There may be a sacrifice that occurs if that match doesn't go our way. Should I worry? Or perhaps we do a sacrifice prior to the match. That could be interpreted as you wish. Okay, now I'm really nervous. Well, I mean, you watch the movie Major League. I mean, like Pedro Serrano wanted to sacrifice a live chicken. Or was it Bull Durham where they got like a thing of Kentucky Fried Chicken? No, it was Whatever Major League. Whatever sacrifice it is. Look, it if was we, for Joe Boo. And you know what? Serrano did it himself, which right. is what LAFC needs to do. Hats but for bats. If, That's what if, we need. To me, it's like, all right, it's it's a tie. It's a point. It sucks that it happened. But if we drop the game to FC Dallas, at that point, I would say all of the wheels have come off of this bus. We have a couple of days to figure that out. But but that's that's my thought. That is that that is the game. Recap against the Houston Orange Peel, Dynamo Crush, Christian Ramirez, Human Highlighter, Fanta, whatever you want to call them. But Scarf. Yeah. We got to tailgate. We did. 467 days of non-tailgating. We finally got to tailgate. For those of you who are not at the match, for those of you who are not at Christmas Tree Lane, I, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I get it. If you couldn't be there, you couldn't be there. Whether it was geographically, economically, I get it. But man, being a Christmas tree lane, you want to feel close to the club? Come to the tailgates. Please come to the tailgates. Introduce yourselves. Go around the different supporters groups. Come around the podcast folk that are there. I know Shoulder to Shoulder was representing. I know Heart of LAFC was representing. I know FCFC was representing. Defenders of the Bank was representing. Other podcasts, I'm sure, were representing. By the way, are we LAFC? Boys, if there was ever a season for you to come out and give us some of that comedic, like, Parental advisory jargon, this would be the one to do it. I'm calling Are We LAFC out. I would love to hear you boys come back for this season, but we got to tailgate. We got to drink with our friends. We got to eat with our friends. Screw that. We got to eat and drink with our family. And you know what? I would say that if it wasn't for that scarf, this game probably would have gutted you and I a little more, but it was a warm, unbelievable feeling being around everybody. It was incredible being back at the bank with everybody there. It was great seeing the TIFO, and this will be that glass half full perspective. Being together, seeing all of your lovely faces, looking good times and in bad. If you want the sunshine, you got to deal with the rain, and we deal with it together and misery loves company and we commiserate together we cheer together we we laugh together we do a lot of things together together we are stronger and that's about the end of episode 156 of and breaking news he hasn't mentioned tom brady or the new england patriots in 93 in 63 minutes look i i won't mention him don't worry but uh one little moment that i wanted to share too at the end of the match by the way ziggy came out Said hi to the crowd. We had a whole moment. Um, they they played a couple of Bob's songs, and it was incredible to have Ziggy there. 
the feel at the end of the match really was a kind of a pick-me-up for all of us there. But the other moment that I really enjoyed that that I saw, that I don't know how many other people saw, but at the end of the match, Christian Ramirez came over to Diego Rossi and they were hanging yeah, out by that. the by the 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 middle of the pitch. And, you know, they hugged each other. They were talking. They said, what's up? And, you know, they were laughing. They were bantering. You could tell it was nice that that they were happy to see each other, except Christian forgot that he was part of the group that didn't play and was supposed to be running laps. So his assistant coach came over and yelled at him and <laughs> said, hey, everybody else that. is running over here and you're not running. So he had to go jog over and get a couple extra laps in before <laughs> it all happened. I just, look, I'll, I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for Christian Ramirez after he came out while we were celebrating winning the Supporters' Shield just so he could be with the team that he had been traded from just a couple of months prior. I I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Bone Storm, even though I missed him. I was around for, I was away from the tent for just two minutes, but I missed you when you came by the tent, buddy. Love you, miss you. Uh, Sad we didn't get to see each other, but again, so happy to see everybody else. And happy to be done with episode 150 so we can do the next 50 episodes and have a huge party for episode 200, even though this one, I feel like might have been a little longer than most, but that's No, all right. actually it we, wasn't. We miss you guys. We love you guys. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes here at Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast in the universe for the last 150 episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.